Hello and welcome to Beyond the Sermon. I'm Pastor Dave Rudot. I'm joined with Pastor Will Harley. There was now, a pause there. You're there, <laughs> debating as to whether or not pastor should be in front of the name, name or <laughs> should I just say I'm all by myself and somebody else is here. I am Pastor Dave Rudot and I'm joined with well uh, well we call him a pastor but uh <laughs> he's called to be a pastor but uh yeah. Yeah, there you go. The Lord thinks he's a pastor. But uh, <laughs> so here we are. We are doing uh, first. We both preached on First Peter chapter three verses thirteen to twenty-two. So we should begin by reading from that First Peter chapter three verses thirteen to twenty-two. Who will harm you if you are eager to do what is good? But even if you should happen to suffer because of righteousness, you are blessed. Do not be afraid of what they fear, and do not be troubled. But regard the Lord, the Christ, as holy in your hearts. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that is in you. But speak with gentleness and respect while maintaining a clear conscience, so that those who attack your good way of life in Christ may be put to shame because they slandered you as evildoers. Indeed, it is better, if it is God's will, to suffer for doing good than for doing evil, because Christ also suffered once for our sins in our place, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the flesh, but was made alive in spirit, in which he also went and made an announcement to the spirits in prison. Those spirits disobeyed long ago, when God's patience was waiting in the days of Noah, while the ark was being built. In this ark a few, that is, eight souls, were saved by water. And corresponding to that, baptism now saves you. Not the removal of of dirt from the body, but the guarantee of a good conscience before God, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He went to heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers made subject to him. So, oh there well, there we go. So we had different uh, sermon themes and yeah. different approaches. Why don't we begin with yours? What was your approach, oh, well, general law, general gospel? Um, well, my, my sermon theme actually was, uh, and it didn't really come out. I like, I didn't state my sermon theme until the very end, but my sermon theme was uh, live a life that they ask about. Um, and, uh, my, my approach was, um, really focusing heavily on, um, looking at how, how are we prepared? Are we prepared to give, an answer for the hope that we have and, and what is the hope and what does it mean to give an answer for this and, and how does that live? Um, my specific law was, was um, very much that we, we like to talk to people or talk at people, but not talk with them. Um, then we like to, we like to spout off more often than not about uh, people, you know, we have an opinion, so we feel that we have to share it instead of actually having an opportunity to uh, be approached and asked what it is, that we have and and so we can give it and that we actually live a life that is decent enough that people want to ask about it. Um, and then my, of course, my gospel was um, we, what the hope we have is Christ um, who suffered, who died, who um, gave us everything and opens up heaven for us. And uh, um so that we can live, not that we live burdened by all the things that everyone else is doing, but that we could live different from them, unburdened by everything. That was pretty much where my focus was. So some law, some gospel. That's good. Always a good thing yeah. to have law and gospel. It, it, I try. 
try. And you do it very um, well. You do it very well. Sometimes. You, you don't sometimes. try because that, that would be like a non-Jedi thing. You are, you know, you're doing. I've never been equated to a Jedi. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, you know, it's, um, it's, I, I think I went off of the rails a little bit on my sermon, just in the sense that, um, I shouldn't say off the rails. It, 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 was, uh, it was kind of a topic that I think was became a lot more personal than I intended it to. And maybe that was because of my lack of forethought, forethought and, and, and sight going into it. I was very focused on, on um, the idea of apology. And the idea mm-hmm. of how many times that, how many times we we confuse that word, and and really we say, well, it just means I'm sorry. And and I even at times throughout the week we're thinking, <clears throat> how many times do we apologize for Jesus? You know, say I'm sorry, but I have to tell you this, or I'm sorry to tell you I'm I I have to be in church on Sunday. Or, I'm sorry this, and it's like, do you understand that when you say I'm sorry, you're saying I feel sorrow. I am sorrowful. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorrowful that. I have to tell you what is right or that I have to share with you what I believe, or I get to share Jesus with you and and now I'm sorrowful for it. And really that's not the apology. The apology is I'm giving you a defense. You want to know why I'm happy. You want to know why I'm living the way that I am. Well, here's Jesus. Um, And so I kind of, I got maybe a little too, too animated in the pursuit of the law because of, of everything I see kind of around. So what about you? Well, Lock my up. my uh, sermon was live a questionable life. So I started talking about does your mom live a questionable life? Yes, I did talk about does your mom live a questionable life? And I said, why is it that we can have we can have a good life? We can have good questions, but we can't have a good questionable life. So I talked a little bit about what is it? What do we think a questionable life is? And then also, as Peter, he is encouraging us to live a life that asks questions, and that not just that we. Um, are nice to our neighbors because I think I would say well in some areas of this country that would lead people to ask questions why are you so kind to me like think of like New York or something um, but what if what, but out here where neighbors are neighbors and that's what people do what is it that you're going to do that's going to stand out are you like the culture that's around you and it doesn't engage anyone to ask you a questions um, and uh, so then uh, that was my law was, are you reflecting Christ or are you reflecting your culture? Like the culture around you that says, be nice to everybody, but don't actually engage in them about sin or don't engage in the, in, in the individuals. Uh, specifically, I did talk about the signs that we have. The the, um, the We have uh, signs that are against the windmills in our area. And I said, is that coming across the way you think it comes across? Because you're concerned about your neighbor, but are you actually concerned about your neighbor? Or are you just like the culture that just likes to shame people for certain things, whatever the the sin right. is? We're living in a culture that where we have 58% of our traffic accidents are caused by alcohol, but I don't see a single sign about that around here. Uh, we Wait, seem you know, to you want to like no alcohol or don't drink and drive or yeah, yeah. There, it just is. We aren't. And anyway, so that was my that was my law, and of course, it was very a sensitive subject. Um, but the gospel was, of course, Christ and the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. He suffered for our sins for the times when we wanted to blend into the culture. And yeah. um, and so he also encourages us. That was a lot of that. Uh, um, when, when Peter talks about don't be afraid, that's not our kind of fear. This is the stepping out from um, 
being different from the world around you and you're afraid that the world's going to tear you down. And Peter says, it might happen, which looking back, I don't know if I I stress the whole might happen, you know, like sometimes we think that it's, that it's always going to happen or it's never, or never should happen. No, it's, it might happen that you're mistreated for doing good. So the individual who's afraid of stepping out, you're reassured that your Christ is with you, that your Christ never leaves your side. Well, and, and good observation. So it, yes, we, we, we do. Um, so just to give a little bit of, of uh, behind the scenes action here, um, <clears throat> most weeks, not all, but most, we, we do sit down and we, um, we translate with another brother um, the text. And uh, we do that because it holds us all accountable to, to really getting in the Greek and into the Hebrew, depending on what we're preaching on. Um, that does not mean that we always use the text that we, we translate, but this week we did. Um, but it does help us uh, hone our own skills. And so we do talk um, about the text and then about how we would apply it to our listeners, um, how we would apply it to our congregations, to ourselves. Um, so there are maybe some similarities there. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I think it's neat that you talked about signs. I talked about social media, which is just the digital sign. Yeah, right. Just the same, same thing. Different, uh, different uh, venue. Which different. Because mostly you talk about computer digital stuff, and I'm more, you know, the bookie sign stuff. So, um, but no, that that was good. Um, yeah. the, I, I would There's so much book. about the text that we that yeah. I didn't cover. It was just like, well, <laughs> I'm just gonna go here and because Peter's so good. I mean, he's got so much there. Like uh, he's led by the Holy Spirit or something. Yeah, it's like he knows what. <laughs> He's been given a gift of yeah. wisdom from somebody. Um, yeah. yeah, and I, go ahead. I know. I I just um, I I, I kind of glossed over the complete beginning. I have to say, you know, I didn't even talk about suffering for doing good or or things really. Um, I, I didn't focus on that at all. That was probably one of the the parts where I I could have done better. Um, and bringing out in my sermon is saying, you know. Um, just because you do what is good doesn't mean you will suffer. Although we've convinced ourselves that if we do what is good, we're we're bound to get suffering. Um, and you you explained that very well. You know the the what Peter says is, if you do good, you may. It it it's it's um, it is not a definite conditional. It's just a simple condition. It it could happen that you do something good and you you get in trouble for it or you get punished for it. Um, I mean, you see that in society today, right? Um, the, the gentleman who um, tried to do what is best, he was a Marine and he, he tried to use his training to help and protect other people on, on a subway. Um, mm. And, and now he's being brought up on charges for, um, for a murder um, and, and we don't know how that's going to play out yet, but I know people are coming to his defense, um, because of that. We, I mean, those are, that's a perfect living example, right? Um, you, you try to do what is best, but try to do what is good. And it, it's never going to always be accepted as, as what was intended. I also didn't, um, talk about the, um, it is always better to do good no matter what. <laughs> which is kind of the very beginning of, of verse 17. Uh, I kind of ignored both of those sections um, and just focused more on on our response. I, I'm not sure if I talked about it or not, but the, the Jesus speaking to the spirits in prison was all also part of the gospel of uh, the 
Christian who's saying, if I do the, the right thing and this injustice is done to me, will I ever get any justice? Will, will the scales ever be um, brought back into balance? And to, I think I brought it up, but perhaps I didn't. It's just the whole, the whole concept of Noah, the preacher of righteousness in the Old Testament, and how uh, um, all of those people around him were ridiculing the guy because he's building this ark on a, on a boat. And in the end, in, in the resurrection of Jesus, the, the scales were definitely balanced as he reminds the spirits who are in prison who died because they rejected Noah's message of repentance um, that he won. And that's going to happen at the end of the time, too, where God's going to, the final justice is going to be uh, vetted out by the Lord of the universe. Yeah, I, I, I ran headlong right into the sacraments. So. <laughs> <laughs> Baptism's mentioned, so I guess you can. You, well, you could actually talk about it. Yeah. yeah. And, and so I, I ran headlong into the sacraments and saying, you know, this is establishing our hope. Um, and, and this, um, yeah, right there, it says it in the, in the comments, uh, baptism now saves you. Um, and, and so where is your hope come from? That's, that's really what I looked at. And there's, but like you said, there's so much in the text that, that really, when you were, if you're going to break it down and you're going to, you're going to, to place it before your people, I mean, uh, talking about every nuance, you'd almost be all over the map to try to make um, relative illustrations to, to your people, because Peter, as he's, as he's writing this, he's really writing to a people who are in the midst of some horrible suffering. I mean, they're being persecuted um, in Rome. They are, they, the church itself is under pressure. Um, well, and he, so, yeah, He's preaching to the people in modern day Turkey though, isn't he? I, I thought Peter was to Rome. Well, he was he was he was writing to the people in modern day Turkey. Romans would read them. <laughs> Which would be Romans. <laughs> um, anyway, he is writing to people though that are in the middle of suffering. So, yeah. um, I mean, this is this is um, definitely something where they they didn't have to have Peter paint illustrations for them, um, like we kind of do. Um, we we need people to paint illustrations because we think what is right is, and this is the part that that I I struggle with and I make people angry when I say it because because it's so countercultural to what we're thinking. We think it's right that I just vocalize my opinion. Like we we think ministry, we think mission work is. I went and I said I'm a believer of Jesus. You need to believe I did mission work, um, and and that's not that that that. I mean, okay, I'm glad that you you confess to be a Christian. I get it, but that's not mission work, and that's not what Peter is saying. Peter's saying, you know, live your life, um, because by living your life, your life is going to be so different than everybody else around you. They're going to want to say, why don't you do what we do? And yeah. everybody in everybody in the world is is voicing their opinion. Everybody is trying to tell me who they are and what they believe. And it's like I never asked. I don't care. If 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 what you have is so special, I would ask about it. I I I know myself. Like if I see something that works and and you're using it, I'm like, where did you get that? I'll ask. I'll I will ask you. Um, it it is. I want to yeah. know. It is definitely a different approach because we sometimes think about uh, sharing the gospel as us being very active. And I think you brought that up uh, in our studies together, and perhaps you brought it up in the sermon where we think sharing the good news about Jesus is something that is we're sharing information that people aren't necessarily waiting for. But if we're, 
and in my sermon, I do remember like if we're not really engaging people in their lives, and I think I brought up um, the the when I brought up the whole alcohol thing, and I said, well, I don't drink, but I drive by bars all the time, and I don't frequent them. And I I, I admitted, I said, sometimes you just kind of look down on people that aren't doing the thing, and you want to be able to to say something to them. Why are you spending all of your your good every time you are celebrating, you have to have an alcohol. That, that kind of stuff where you're preaching. And I said, but am I willing to actually engage people in conversations on where they're at and to, to talk about the things that really matter and the, all of the stuff that I, you know, my own taste preferences aren't necessarily the real issue that they're facing. Maybe there's something deeper that I can help them with that if I actually engage that person in a conversation, if I engage them in their lives, they might say, I'm really struggling with this or I'm really struggling with that. Well, that's something I, and they say, Dave, because you've engaged with us, you don't have those, you have something different than what I have, or you have a different uh, opinion on things, not a different opinion, but a different approach or a different, you have a different way about yourself that I want to know more. Well, and, and sometimes, um, and if you've been following maybe our, our course through Esther, you, you get a little bit of this too. Sometimes what we kind of attract ourselves to and are hyper-focused on, and, and we, we, without being asked, we all of a sudden give our opinion to, um, we, we don't have the context and we don't have the, um, understanding, nor do we have the relationship, um, mm. to be able to stand on anything. Uh, I mean, yeah. you can, you can stand in front of an abortion clinic as a Christian and you can yell and scream and call every one of the murderers. But, but do you understand that that young lady who went in there, maybe, maybe had no other choice and, and, and no one cared enough to, to say, I will walk you through these choices. I will help you figure out what is best. And I'm going to stand with you through every one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like know, that in the uh, unplanned movie where they, they talked about Christians standing outside, not standing out in an abortion clinic, not to scream at people, but to like engage them and say, can we help you? What's going on? And, and it was completely different than what the media would portray, like people angry and upset. They were people that were actually caring for the individuals walking through those doors. So I, right. I completely see your point, yeah. But, I'm, but I mean, this, that's so countercultural yeah. because our culture, our culture, our, 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 the culture that we live in says, I have the right to yell. I have the right to speak over you and I have the right to bully you into what I believe. And, and Christianity in some ways has taken, and it's not the first time Christianity has taken that approach um, unfortunately, but, but I think we, we have embraced that approach that if, if, if we are going to be heard and grow as a church, if we are going to, to be a force in the world, we have to be belligerent about it. Um, and I, I just, I, I don't think that is the the way to go. I know that, um, um, and this is again, coming back into, I know Rachel, you had said it's, it's, I was passionate. <laughs> I I'm trying to taper my, my, um, my my kind of disgust at it in general um when people get so caught up in in the uh, in politics and they disguise it as a religion type movement i'm 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 practicing my religion as they're 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 pushing forward their politics and it's like okay wait a second there there's there's two kingdoms and and those kingdoms don't don't mix and meld well. Um, 
and and there is going to be a time when when the government is going to make decisions that are not going to be Christian, and it is not our job as a Christian to force them to be Christian. It is our job to continue to live as Christians despite what they do. Um, and and I know that's a hot topic today because we want places like the government, places like social media, places, whatever, to do what we do. or And I would probably taper that and just say, do what we would feel comfortable with, because sometimes we don't do that either. <laughs> and, and, and then we could enforce things by law instead of actually having conversations with people and living a life that, that we've been called to. So it's, it's, I know I make people angry and it's not even, I'm trying to to pull back a little bit from it because it's a, I can just think in all my head, in my head, all the conversations I've had with even my mother about all of those things. It so. is such a, yeah, it's such a temptation because when we were talking about politics, we're talking about morality. And so it's so easy to blend the right. morality of the government in our society with the morality of God and to think you're doing the Lord's work by by engaging in politics and then you find yourself engaging in politics more than you are engaging with God's word or you're engaging with politics more than um, actually engaging with individuals. So you're you're watching television programs that get you upset and raise your dopamine levels and and uh, you're going, you know, how could they and you know what is this world coming to and you're not even engaging with the world. You've, you put yourself right. in your own little fortress and... Uh, right. Yeah. As long as the law can, as long as the law could per, uh, persecute those people that I don't agree with, then it was all right. Um, and I like what Rachel just said. You know, you can't legislate morality, and you can't. Um, and, and that's just the thing. You know, it's yeah. it, it, it the the job of the government is to, to keep the, the the majority piece. And yeah. All right. So, so any th- other questions on the text or thoughts? yeah. Well, you know, we didn't even talk about really, um, and this is one of those things that that I could have brought out better. I, I talked about how Jesus suffered for the sins, for the uh, one righteous, for the unrighteous. But but really, the text gives that flavoring that, that Jesus was the only one who really suffered <laughs> for sin. Um, you know, if you suffer for doing good, it's not because you sinned. It's because you live in a sinful world. Um, and even if you are suffering, that doesn't mean that there was a specific sin that you are suffering for. Um, you know, Christ died; he suffered for sin. So that, that I think that's kind of a neat. Yeah, it does. It's a good reminder too the unright the righteous for the unrighteous. So it reminds you when you're engaging with society, you're you want to talk to them about Christ because he suffered for the unrighteous for that person that. In in a certain sense, as you're looking at them, you're saying this person has this um, difficulty, this problem with sin, or something. You know, whatever it is, you want to engage with them, and then you are reminded he Christ suffered for that individual too, right? And he wants to bring so us all into yeah. I do I do think it's just fascinating how Peter is the one who writes about all of this when this is the guy that in outside the temple courts when Jesus was put on trial, he was the one who was given a question and he didn't give the right answer. And right. um, so he is so very wisely reminds us, go back to Christ. Don't go to, don't look at me and say, oh, do what Peter does, but go to Christ. This is the, this is the one who truly did suffer uh, for doing what is right and still wants to bring everyone into his fold through the message of gospel, which you can then share with someone when you are engaged in their lives and are looking at um, 
and engaging in conversation with them and seeing where they're at and also seeing what where their lives are at and so that they can also see your life too and see your struggles and see your dependence on Christ. And then they say, I want that too. How do I get that? Well, and, and then just to be reminded that Peter was also the one who, you know, had done certain things with the uh, Gentile Christians. And then when the Jewish Christians came, he kind of condemned uh, by his actions and the way he kind of did a 180 flip. Um, so, I mean, he, I think you see the growth, definite yeah. growth by the spirit of, of who he is as a person. Um, and so, you know, maybe to our listeners and to those people who, who, you know, we had an opportunity to, to share this message with on Sunday, it doesn't matter how old you are. You might not be very good at this right now <laughs> and that's okay. Um, there's, there's, you know, faith and you continue to grow as God continues to work in you. And that, that really does go a long way. Any yeah. questions from the couple of people that are on and. Do they have anything that they said, hey, you did a poor job of? Can you explain why you did it that way? I'm pretty sure that Pastor Rudat preached from the pulpit. You could ask why he did it that way. <laughs> you, you could ask Pastor Will Harley why he has such a perfectly nice pulpit. Why didn't he use it? Uh, because I get nervous and I have a lot of nervous energy. And so I have to walk it off. That's the reason why <laughs> that's it. That, that, that is the entire reason. So, yeah. Well, anyway, I do preach from the pulpit, but I guess pride does get in use, the way. Yeah. Pride gets in the way. Um, <laughs> it's called a pulpit. <laughs> Hope it gets in the way. It's yeah. so you say it's only one reason why you don't <laughs> preach from the pulpit, but I'm getting some indicators from you, some nonverbals and verbals that says maybe there's something more. No, it's I, good. Otherwise, so. uh, what a great reminder at the end to think of our baptism, not just that it links us to the resurrection of Jesus Christ, yeah. but it also... Uh, our everyday remembrance of what happened at our baptism, that our sins are washed away, that we have this clean conscience that, like you said, if you're struggling and you're trying to live a life different than the culture, cross uh, countercultural, and and you fail, your baptism reminds me that you've been you've been washed clean. Yep. And with that, see us on Thursday for as we keep going in Esther, or next week Tuesday as we go beyond the sermon.